Hello and welcome to JazzCast, the number one podcast for your Utah jazz. Um, hello, as always, it's me, Duncan, your host here at JazzCast. And man, tough breaks after game one. Uh, the Warriors definitely just looked more rested and they were able to quickly capitalize on all the jazz's mistakes. Uh, just too many turnovers and kind of just missed open opportunities. Um, Gordon had an off night shooting and just... Like I said, one mistake too many for them to be able to overcome the top seed. Um, Hopefully things can turn around for the next game. So that being said, we want to get into tonight's game. So we're going to go ahead and cut to uh, Jersey Talk with Jersey Mike. What's up? It's Jersey Mike. How's it going? Uh, tough loss there for the Jazz in Game 1. Uh, as we all know, they wore their green jerseys. And we're going to go ahead and preview Game Two jerseys right after this. Hey gang, Duncan from the JazzCast here. Um, If you're like me, your days can get super busy between work, running errands, and of course, watching the Utah Jazz play basketball. Um, With our crazy hectic lives, it can be hard to find time to have nutritious meals to fuel our days that also don't eat up too much of your valuable time, or dig too deep into your wallet for that matter. Thankfully, our friends at Subway have the solution with their $6 foot long of the day menu. Giving you flavor-packed variety throughout your week. Whether it's a sweet teriyaki chicken Monday or an Italian BMT Thursday, Subway has you covered like Rudy Gobert covering the paint from opposing players. Stop by your local Subway now and mention JazzCast for a free chocolate chip cookie with your order. Subway. Eat fresh. Hey, so tonight the Jazz are going to mix things up and hopefully turn things around wearing their blue jerseys. Till next time, Jazz, baby! Awesome. Thanks so much, Jersey Mike, as always, for stopping by and giving us your insights. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump into my Game 2 preview as well. As I mentioned when we reviewed Game 1, we definitely need to cut down on the mistakes, and uh, we're going to need to step up on defense as George Hill is going to be out. If we can capitalize on our opportunities when they present themselves, though, and see a better night from Gordon, I think we might be able to steal a game from the Warriors in Oakland and come back with a series tied 1-1 in the SLC. And last, but certainly not least, we have Fan Fiction. Uh, Fan Fiction, as you all know, is the portion of the show where you send in stories about fun times you've imagined hanging out with players from our Utah Jazz. Um, If you have a fan fiction that you'd like to have read on air, feel free to submit it at jazzcastpodcast at gmail.com. Today's story was sent to us by Dustin Pete in West Jordan, Utah. Thank you, Dustin, for sending it in. And here is Dustin's story about hanging out with shooting guard Alec Burks. The bright lights, big paychecks, and instant recognition that comes with being a major movie star in Hollywood appeals to many, but not shooting guard Alec Burks. He had a refined taste in film, preferring the more subtle character-based movies, which in turn made him a regular fixture at the Sundance Film Festival held annually in Park City, Utah. 
Alec was a huge fan of up-and-coming writer-slash-director Wes Thomas Bombeck and his new film, The Girl Who Sat in the Chair, which starred Greta Gerwig and Jason Schwartzman, and was a tale about a chic Brooklyn couple trying to reinvigorate the relationship, which felt that it had grown stale after three years together. The film's buzz was at a fever pitch once the festival had started, with every major studio lining up for the screening hours in advance in hopes of landing the distribution rights. Being a personal friend of Bombach, Alec was able to score us prime seats to see the movie, as well as free popcorn vouchers to boot. Everything was going perfectly an hour plus into the film. The story of two lovers transcended gender, race, social status, and any other societal norms, as it was a true reflection of the human experience. As the movie was about to hit its climax, the unexpected occurred. Schwartzman's character, who happened to be moonlighting as a saxophone player, was set to win back Gerwig's heart with a fun rendition of Can't Take My Eyes Off You at a romantic dinner. But as the scene was about to play, the film came to a sudden halt. After three minutes of waiting for the movie to resume, Wes quickly ran up to the projectionist room. You could hear the studio execs starting to grow impatient and contemplate leaving, which led Alec to text Wes to see what the issue was. It looks like there is a problem with the 35th millimeter of film, Wes wrote. We can get the first 34 millimeters to play, but the 35th has the audio track, so the song will be lost and the movie will be ruined. After peering over Alec's shoulder to see the conversation, he looked at me and said, You thinking what I'm thinking? To which I replied, Hey, they don't call us the Utah Jazz for nothing. Alec then texted Wes back saying, Fire the projector back up, we got this. Assembled his saxophone that he brought in the case which nestled under his chair, then match note for note the timeless Frankie Valley classic as Jason Schwartzman played it on the screen. at that very moment I knew, being a member of the Utah Jazz wasn't just a job, it was a way of life. Wow, thanks Dustin, what a great story that was. Uh, really hit at home, I'm a huge fan of movies myself and um, really love Wes Bombach's films, uh, so that was just kind of really cool how you mix both film and basketball in such a cool tale. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to talk jazz, always feel free to email us at jazzcastpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please follow us on Twitter. We are at JazzCastPodcast. Um, thanks, and until next time, go Jazz.